0: Follow us on Twitter at A-R-G-L-B-O-R-O. Anarchist Children and Childhoods in the Argentinian Barcelona by Nathaniel Andrews. Children and young people have been at the forefront of recent climate strikes, Black Lives Matter protests and holding the UK government to account on GCSE and A-level results. Their actions rightfully occupy an increasingly visible part of the global political landscape. However, to date, children have occupied a fairly small role in histories of anarchist movements. Whilst historians have frequently directed their attention to anarchist education, such studies often take the form of institutional histories, which tend not to go into much detail about the role of children within these movements, or provide more than a cursory indication of the ways in which anarchist-adult child relations differ from socio-cultural norms. In fact, the first historical study I found which addresses anarchist childhood and youth explicitly only appeared in 2020, an article by historian Maury Brody, who explores these themes in the context of Britain during the Spanish Civil War. Despite this, it is important to remember that in the case of anarchism, we're talking about an ideology which seeks to transform society in almost every aspect of daily life. As Nathan Jun argues, anarchism is a postmodern philosophy as it emphasises that the world is socially constructed, and therefore opposes essentialist understandings of human nature and social relations. With this in mind, in order to fully comprehend the so-called anarchist cultural project, and to ascertain the extent to which historically anarchists have succeeded in challenging and rejecting socio-cultural norms through their everyday practices, we need to examine both adult-child relations and anarchist understandings of childhood and adulthood respectively. After all, these constitute a significant part of everyday life, in the home, in the classroom, in the workplace and at social gatherings. Due to the horizontal structure of anarchist organisations and the child-centred pedagogy of anarchist schools, often inspired by the Catalan educator Francisco i Guardia who, in 1901, established his highly influential modern school in Barcelona, where he promoted co-education, eschewed corporal punishment and discouraged formal assessments. Anarchists have consistently encouraged children to engage in activism by contributing articles to anarchist publications, taking part in protests and acquiring an anarchist education. As a result, over the years, anarchist children have left extensive evidence of their interventions in anarchist discourse, participation in social debates and involvement in the labour movement. In this essay, I will explore both the role of children in anarchist activism and anarchist understandings of childhood, focusing specifically on the city of Rosario in Argentina in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It is by no means an exhaustive analysis of anarchist childhoods, but through this micro-history, I hope to highlight some broader trends within anarchist theory and practice that can inform future studies. From the 1890s until the early 1930s, Argentina possessed one of the largest anarchist movements in the world, with anarchism finding particularly fertile ground in Patagonia, Buenos Aires and Rosario. Situated along the banks of the Paraná River, Rosario is a port city in Argentina's northeastern province of Santa Fe. By 1914, it had become the second largest city in the country and the eighth largest in Latin America. A section of the Bakers Society, a trade union of clear anarchist orientation, had already been established in the city by August 1889, and in 1899, the local center for social studies opens a libertarian elementary school. From 1896, the neighbourhoods of La Refineria saw various large scale strikes that later spread to the whole city and, on occasion, to the rest of the country. Following mass strike action in 1901, socialist Adrian Patroni described the city as the Argentinian Barcelona in reference to the rise of anarchist militancy in the area. Throughout the period under study, the city's working class children grew up in unhygienic and dangerous conditions. In the early years of the 20th century, the child mortality rate in Rosario remained high. In 1900, 29.1% of Rosario's children died in their first year, and though this figure declined gradually over the following decade, in 1909, it was still 26.8%. Similarly, many children worked alongside their parents in conditions that proved severely detrimental to their health. In a report submitted to the Argentinian Ministry of the Interior in 1904, Dr. Juan Bialet Massey stated that young girls of 12 and 10 years of age worked 10 and a half hours per day at the local Argentinian refinery. And he complained that many of the young girls appeared anemic, pale, skinny, with all the symptoms of overwork and restricted breathing. He also suggested that the poorest families, which required their children to find work in the refinery or in the local tobacco factories, often encouraged them to lie about their age so that little girls say they are 12 years old when they are younger than eight. From an early age, local working class children confronted the same physical demands as their parents, forced to navigate hazardous living and working conditions, which, in many cases, led to illness and fatigue. At the same time, in their daily lives, local children often became exposed to the same vices as adults. On the 5th of June 1895, the city's police department ordered its officers to be particularly vigilant of miners who visited brothels and establishments that sold alcohol, in order to prevent them, as far as possible, from embarking on a life of sin and perdition. Similarly, on the 6th of March 1902, one of Rosario's main newspapers, La Capital, complained of the pervasiveness of gambling and prostitution in the city, remarking that people play shamelessly day and night, opening their door to vice without distinctions of class or age. The editors reported that the previous day they had seen a minor lose at least 108 pesos in fewer than 30 minutes, and another youngster who lost a further 35 pesos in half that time. Evidently, both children and adults worked, drank alcohol and frequented brothels. In this sense, at least in relation to labour and leisure activities, contemporary distinctions between adulthood and childhood remain tenuous at best. Due to the deficiencies of the state education system, both the socialist and anarchist movements started to create their own educational institutions throughout Argentina, which could simultaneously meet the concrete needs of the workers and help to combat inequality. In the 1890s, anarchist schools first began to emerge in Buenos Aires, and at its first Congress in 1901, the anarcho-syndicalist Argentinian Workers' Federation voted in favour of establishing its own anarchist schools. In Rosario, the anarchist educational project resonated with the local labour movement. In 1913, activists installed a school in the headquarters of the local Workers' Federation, whilst in early 1919, local railway workers initiated the construction of a modern school, which, by April of that year, already boasted some 300 subscribers. Despite frequent accusations of indoctrination, Rosario's anarchist schools constituted spaces in which working-class children could acquire an education in a setting that, in various ways, proved far more tolerant and permissive than that found in many other local educational institutions. In the first place, they aimed to create an atmosphere in which children felt able to express themselves freely, and in which teachers respected their people's agency and autonomy. For example, in January 1912, The directors of the Rationalist School No. 1, drawing on the educational teaching methods of the modern school in Barcelona, declared that the school aimed to overturn the entrenched pedagogical practices that, in their view, led to the elimination of the moral personality of the child, moulding him so that he becomes an automaton. Moreover, by March 1922, the pro-Rationalist schools group of the province of Santa Fe had established four schools throughout Rosario. These schools became known as the 22nd of May schools, and that year, the teachers at a school on Katamadka Street stressed that they knew how to respect the idiosyncrasies of each of their pupils. That is, such schools sought to consciously emulate Ferrer's child-centred approach to teaching, creating a space in which children could demonstrate and pursue their own unique interests and inclinations. As well as encouraging the cultivation of an inclusive and participatory atmosphere in anarchist schools, local anarchists routinely emphasised the importance of play. On the 10th of July 1922, the Weekly Supplement of La Protesta published an article by anarchist educator Enrique Nivo, who ran a school in Rosario, in which he argued that in a wisely organised society, school would be like a child's game in the open air. In this sense, he implied that the experience of education should be playful and free, whilst also allowing children to connect with the natural world. On the 15th of April 1922, correspondents for the local anarchist newspaper Tribuna Libertaria reported that they had visited the school on Catamarca Street. The authors noted the frequent shouts and laughter of the children, who sounded like a flock of birds, and in turn, the teachers noted the regular trips that the children made outdoors to take the sun and play games. Significantly, watching the children playing, the authors confessed that the atmosphere appeals to us, it captivates us, and we also feel a desire to be students again. The reaction of these journalists indicates that the anarchist schools created an environment that not only foregrounded the innocence and playfulness of children, but also reawakened in adults an appreciation for the importance of play in their own lives. Writing in another local anarchist paper, La Rebellion, on the 30th of June 1913, García Thomas recalled how, as a child, he was walking the streets one evening when the pavement filled with games and the beautiful notes of pleasure, as children gathered to play and sing together. Thomas noted that he had sung along with the other children, and he reminisced that it was our era of harvest, the only vintage of pure joy that I remember. Crucially, he went on to remark that, when I was a child, I was anxious to become a man, to live and enjoy with intensity. Today, as a man, when I think of the days of my childhood, I would like to return to that spring, always blossoming with games and laughter. Similarly, in an article published in February 1927 in Libre Acuerdo, yet another local anarchist periodical, Author Raphael Barrett lamented the fact that, in his view, adults had become dissociated from children, and he complained that the latter had expelled us from their games. In response, he stressed the need to go back to our children and to go back full of respect and faith. In that way, the memory of our own childhoods, a memory which sings and groans in the heart of our conscience, will be less sad. In cases such as these, local anarchist writers celebrated the playfulness, innocence and freedom of childhood whilst also expressing a desire to absorb those qualities into adult life. According to Johann Hoisinger, play is both free and a stepping out of real life. That is, it allows the participant to escape temporarily from the mental space of her everyday existence, thereby instilling in her a liberatory sensation. In the context of Rosario, play proved central to many of the cultural practices within the local anarchist community for adults as well as children. For example a family picnic that took place on the 7th of january 1923 included a race between men and young single women an egg and spoon race and roulette games and puppets equally on the 27th of december 1921 tribuna libertaria advertised a raffle that would take place at an upcoming picnic of course the purpose of these games was ostensibly promotional to encourage readers to attend family events. But the prominent role of childlike play in local anarchist culture and the reverence for children's games in local anarchist discourse is striking. Unlike more adult leisure activities such as drinking or illicit sex, these relatively innocent and childlike games facilitated a temporary regression to a state of childhood. In other words, local anarchist discourse and practice often evoked a desire to align adulthood with childhood, whereas the prevailing socio-cultural norms and material reality of working class life tended to produce the opposite results, forcing children to enter adulthood at an early age. Throughout the period under study, a close relationship persisted between the anarchist schools and the local labour movement, and some institutions even based themselves in trade union headquarters, such as the school on Catamarca Street. Furthermore, trade union activists made use of the schools in order to hold meetings. In a letter to the Provincial Schools Inspector in November 1901, the General Administrator of the Argentinian Refinery complained that, during the recent strike action, the nearby libertarian school had hosted gatherings of striking workers. In this sense, those children who attended such schools would have come into contact with representatives of the local labour movement, even if they or their parents did not become involved directly. Therefore, whether consciously or not, children formed part of the local anarchist community. Nevertheless, though the local movement encouraged the participation of children in the city's anarchist circles and trade unions, It did so whilst maintaining a clear distinction between child activists and their adult counterparts. By participating in the movement, children did not necessarily enter what Philippe Harrier called the world of adults. They remained in a separate and distinctively juvenile sphere. For instance, local activists formed groups aimed specifically at children. On the 12th of October 1902, a children's choir performed at an event held in the local People's Hall. Similarly, on the 5th of May 1904, La Protesta reported that various anarchist groups had recently attended an event at the San Martín Theatre in Rosario, and members of a local infants group featured among the attendees. In conclusion, children played an important role within Rosario's anarchist movement, and within Argentinian anarchist discourse more generally, they became political subjects, just as political as their adult counterparts. However, their role remained distinctive. The fact that local anarchists distinguished between adult and child activism indicates that in everyday life, activists acknowledge the differences between adulthood and childhood, and in some ways, they even reinforce these differences. In this context, anarchist adults regarded childhood and adulthood as distinct phases of life with their own associated characteristics, and accordingly, they allocated specific roles to children and adults respectively. In this way, they challenged contemporary expectations of working-class life in which childhood tended to merge into adulthood. At the same time, adult activists also imbibed some of the characteristics of childhood, observing and participating in childlike games that provided a feeling of liberation from the sphere of adult life, facilitating an experience of innocence and, by implication, of freedom. Anarchist adult-child relations and anarchist conceptions of childhood are, I believe, key to our understanding of how, historically, anarchists have implemented their ideas about what an anarchist society could and should look like. However, there is still much work to be done in this field. Following in the footsteps of Ferrer's child-centered pedagogy, historians of anarchism, myself included, need to adopt a more child-centered research methodology, not only exploring the ways in which anarchist adults experience childhood and adulthood, but also capturing the perspective of children, whose voices often remain absent, contemporary scholarship. Thank you for listening. To help others find anarchist essays, please rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you're interested in anarchist ideas, why not check out the journal Anarchist Studies? For over 20 years, Anarchist Studies has been publishing original research on the history Theory and Practice of Anarchism. For more information, visit www.lwbooks.co.uk forward slash anarchist studies.